Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Monday morning, the second week of Advent. Great to be with you on a Monday and every day here on EWTN, December 11, 2023. Great show lined up for you this morning. Do hope you can stay tuned for the entire hour. We're going to start out with another update on what's happening with pregnancy resource centers and different types of ministries dealing with women who are, find themselves in a situation where they feel they cannot give birth to a child. Kevin Bagata is very experienced in this area. He's a president and CEO of Real Alternatives. He's going to give us an update on the PA pregnancy support program that was terminated by Governor Shapiro. The governor is... Um, what his deal is with real alternatives, I, I don't know. It's just very odd. I mean, I guess it's because of their pro-life, obviously. But if you break it down and look at what these places do for not only, obviously, saving babies, but what they do for women, for parents, for the community, how they're involved, how they're vested, invested in the community, I don't get it. Because everything they claim that we don't do, we do. So Kevin's got an interesting perspective, and we'll take a look at what's happening in Pennsylvania, but also what's happening across the country. We continue this discussion, especially as we move toward the March for Life, which theme this year is based on both women and children and really emphasizing what the pro-life movement does for both the women, the families, and the child. So Kevin joins us at 9.15. And absolutely thrilled that Father John Ricardo from Ave Maria Radio, EWTN, and Acts 29 will be joining us. We'll talk about the beautiful Grand Hotel Getaway. He's going to be the spiritual director for that, providing a lot of talks. There'll be other wonderful speakers, including the Hans. Scott and Kimberly are going to be joining us. They're also going to be joining us uh, for our pre-night for the Good News Cruise in January, which is sold out. But registration for the Grand Hotel Getaway in July of next year just opened up, and it's already filling up quickly, obviously because of the great speakers that we have. So it's a beautiful event in northern lower Michigan on Mackinac Island, and Mackinac Island is just um, in a class all by its own, as is the Grand Hotel. Father John will join us about the importance of getting away and having one of these types of retreats. And we'll also get an update on how things are going with his amazing ministry, Acts 29. He'll be with us for two segments, starting at the bottom of the hour. So that is our program for today on a Monday, December 11th of the second week of Advent. Let's take a look at the forecast from the National Weather Service. We have heavy snow across interior portions of New England, heavy rain closer to the coast, slowly coming to an end. Gusty winds are expected across all the northeast corridor throughout tonight. And then there's a fast-moving cold front with snow showers and gusty winds forecast, forecast across the Great Plains and the Great Lakes through tomorrow. So some cold weather, but other parts are pretty warm in Michigan in the Midwest. We're seeing temperatures that are very rare for December. We're going up to the 50s this week. So, well, we'll take it for now. And no snow in the forecast, at least not yet, but I'm sure it'll happen fairly soon. Hey, it's winter, right? The beautiful seasons of the year. Three minutes past the hour. It's a Monday again. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN and Catholic Connection, co-produced by EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. Let's get started with the news, and we're following a breaking story about a priest out of Nebraska. So we'll start with that. CBS News, as well as other outlets, reporting a Catholic priest died yesterday after being assaulted at his church in Nebraska. 
His name is Father Stephen Gutzkel, a priest at St. John the Baptist Church in Fort Calhoun. He was assaulted at the church's rectory, apparently. He was taken to the University of Nebraska Medical Center, where he later died from his injuries. He was only 65 years old. The attack happened early yesterday morning, 5.05 local time, according to the Washington County Sheriff's Office, which said that deputies arrived at the scene and also found a suspect there. The suspect was taken into custody and transported to a local correctional facility. Now, the investigation, the experts say there, the officials say is ongoing, and neither the identity of the suspect nor the manner of death has been released. A motive is not known at this time and no further threat to the public, according to the sheriff's office. The Archdiocese of Omaha releasing a statement saying that they're praying for Father Stephen Gutzell and his family. The statement asking mourners to join the Archbishop in prayers for him and his family as well as his parish community. In other news this morning, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says it's the beginning of the end for Hamas. In a video message released yesterday, Netanyahu saying dozens of militants have surrendered as Israel continues trying to wipe the Palestinian terrorist group out of the ongoing war in Gaza Strip. He said it will take more time, but the message is to Hamas that it's over. Secretary of State Antony Blinken believes Israel does not want to harm Palestinian civilians, but also says they should do more to avoid civilian casualties and allow more humanitarian aid to come in. The intent is there, but uh, the results are not always manifesting themselves. Speaking on CNN's State of the Union, Blinken acknowledging that Israel needs to protect itself from more attacks by Hamas, a terrorist organization that committed vicious brutalities on October 7th. Scott Carr tells us a second top University of Pennsylvania official stepping down this after a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism concerns on college and university campuses. The University of Pennsylvania's chairman of the board, Scott Bach, stepped down from his post, reports say just minutes after the resignation of university president Liz McGill on Saturday. McGill was already under pressure after a pro-Palestinian event was held on campus in September, followed by Hamas's attack on Israel and reports of rising anti-Semitism on the Penn campus. Reports say that pressure was amped up last week when McGill and the heads of other universities refused to say before a congressional panel that calling for the genocide of Jews violated their respective school's code of conduct. The president of Harvard University, Claudine Gay, has apologized for her response. In Beverly Hills, California, a suspect is behind bars in connection with what police are calling an anti-Semitic attack there. An Orthodox Jewish man in his 70s is recovering from a laceration to the head after being hit with a belt on Saturday morning. And the first the first was a shock. There was a huge, hard knock on my forehead here. I was really enraged. Not because of the thing, because I was hit as a Jew. Police say the suspect, a 44-year-old man, yelled anti-Semitic statements at the victim while attacking him. The victim and his wife were on their way to synagogue at the time. The suspect is now facing charges of assault with a deadly weapon, attempted robbery, hate crime charge, and charges of elder abuse. The Diocese of Sacramento says they will be filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The bishop there, Jamie Soto, telling parishioners, employees, and community partners they will file by March of next year. This in response to hundreds of lawsuits against the diocese alleging sexual abuse by clergy and staff. If they do file, the court would oversee the distribution of its available assets to satisfy the claims against the diocese. The Vatican unveiling its annual nativity scene last night, paying special tribute to the origins of the beloved tradition on its 800th anniversary. As Catholic News Agency reports, the scene 
in St. Peter's Square, depicting not only Mary and Joseph standing beside the manger, but also St. Francis of Assisi, who organized that first nativity scene in the cave in the Italian village of Greccio on Christmas Eve in 1223. Over a thousand people gathering in St. Peter's Square last night for the event, which included moments of catechesis, an explanation of how the scene was put together, and singing of seasonal hymns. Taking inspiration, meanwhile, from the Gospel reading on this second Sunday of Advent, Pope Francis drawing attention to the figure of John the Baptist, describing him as the voice of one crying in the desert. At the Angelus, the Holy Father reflecting on the contradictory images of the voice, a means to speak, and the desert, an empty place where you do not communicate. He said they are joined by John the Baptist, explaining the meaning of the desert in the Apostles' preaching. The Pope saying it's always relevant and a reminder to proceed on the journey of life, which we need to be stripped of the more, because to live well does not mean being filled with useless things, but being freed from the superfluous to dig deeply within ourselves so as to hold on to what is truly important before God. The Pope suggesting we ask ourselves, what place does silence have in our days? He says, even if it means going against the tide, let us value silence, sobriety, and listening. Tornadoes that killed at least six people in Tennessee, knocking out power to tens of thousands. In Madison, which is northeast of Nashville, this homeowner says she took cover when the alarm sounded and her TV went off. I told my husband, I said, we've got we've to get in the bathroom. He said, no, it's going to be okay. And then the sirens went off in the city, and I've never heard that before. And I said, we have to go in the bathroom now. Crews are working to restore service to many homes and businesses after multiple twisters tore across the central part of the state. The National Office of Emergency Management confirming that a mother and her young son were among three people killed in a northern suburb. And three deaths also reported in the town of Clarksville. That's about 50 miles northwest of Nashville. One GOP senator says it's inevitable that Ukraine will need to give up some land to Russia in order to end the war. This was always going to end in negotiation. The idea that Ukraine was going to throw Russia back to the 1991 borders was preposterous. Speaking on CNN's State of the Union, J.D. Vance of Ohio praising Ukrainians for fighting bravely. Vance also referring to the notion of the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, invading NATO alliance countries as a scare tactic to justify sending more money to Ukraine. He said Russia has gained only a small amount of land since invading Ukraine and said Putin's much weaker than the world really thinks. Vance saying he's against those sending blank checks to Ukraine. Meanwhile, the Ukrainian President Zelensky is set to travel to the White House tomorrow. Joe Biden invited him for a meeting to underscore the U.S. commitment to supporting his country, an aid package for the country remains stalled in Congress, with the visit coming less than a week after Senate Republicans blocked a bill to give aid to Ukraine and Israel in their respected fights against Russia and Hamas. Zelensky will also be meeting with the new House Speaker Mike Johnson. The latest Wall Street Journal poll has Joe Biden's approval rating at an all-time low. The poll released over the weekend showing Biden's approval rating in only 37 percent. It also has a president losing a hypothetical head-to-head race against former President Donald Trump by a margin of 47 to 43 percent. The poll surveying 1,500 people from the end of November to December 4th. Hunter Biden is facing nine criminal charges in a federal tax case. Prosecutors accusing the president's son of living an extravagant life while failing to pay at least $1.4 million in federal taxes between 2016 and 2019. That indictment also claims he spent money on drugs, escorts, luxury properties, and exotic cars. The charges involve a maximum penalty of 17 years. 
and he was separately hit with three federal gun charges back in September in which he pleaded not guilty. This comes again as Joe Biden is facing an impeachment inquiry led by Republicans who claim he profited from his son's foreign business dealings as well as low numbers in the polls. In Missouri, as Jim Faraday reports, a third family is preparing for legal action after a relative is found buried in a pauper's grave in Hines County. Jonathan Hankins was reported missing last year. The family only learned of the burial after hearing a news report about a body that was laid to rest two months after the man's disappearance. While the death certificate indicates Hankins died of natural causes, it does not mention that he tested positive for methamphetamine and fentanyl. The family has retained attorney Ben Crump, who was also representing two other families with loved ones buried without being notified. Crump says families that report a loved one missing deserve immediate and accurate answers. He is pledging to unearth the truth about what happened to Hankins and seek justice for the family. An appeals court has struck down part of a New York gun control law concerning social media at issue as a requirement for concealed carry applicants to disclose their social media accounts. And Brad Siegel tells us Dollar Tree is now facing a class action lawsuit over a data breach last summer. A former employee of the Virginia-based company claims the discount retailer failed to notify nearly 2 million people about the breach. The lawsuit says many employees are only now finding out through letters about the breach that stole their confidential information, even though it was discovered back in August. The information included names, dates of birth, and social security numbers. Christmas right around the corner, which means many homeowners are still busy crawling on that roof to hang those decorations. This time of the year is prime for doctors who treat injuries from falls off that ladder. A lot of times when people fall, they're limping out and catching themselves with their hands, so we get a lot of wrist fractures. That's orthopedic surgeon Dr. Jeffrey, who says they also treat quite a few ankle fractures. Both joints can be tricky to treat and take a long time to heal. He says a good way to tell if you need to see a doctor is if you can hold your weight, if you can hold weights. Those who can walk it off may just need a handful of Advil and some rest. And if you're flying over the Christmas break, Rory O'Neill tells us you're not alone. Air travel is supposed to break records this holiday season. In the 10-day travel period between Christmas and New Year's, AAA predicts there will be 7.5 million air travelers. That narrowly beats the pre-pandemic record set in 2019, perhaps buoyed by slightly cheaper airfares. Add to that 104 million going by car, another 4 million using other transportation. AAA says this is shaping up to be the second busiest holiday travel period since they started tracking numbers in 2000. It is a Monday morning. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. This program co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Find us both online, AveMariaRadio.net and EWTN.com. We are your pro-life radio network. Up next, we're going to be talking to the president and CEO of Real Alternatives out of Pennsylvania about the latest with not only their administration in that state, but elsewhere around the country and what it's like for those who are doing their very best to provide support for both the baby and the mother and families. And then Father John Ricardo, the one the only, joins us live. We're going to be talking about a number of things, a Grand Hotel Getaway, as well as his beautiful ministry, Acts 29, and just get his thoughts on the state of the world right now and how we can really make the most of this Advent. You have Father John for 30 minutes. you got to talk to him about a lot of things because he's just so full of great advice and wisdom. Again, thanks for tuning in to EWTN. We'll be right back. We are your pro-life radio network. 
Catholic Connection, EWTN, Ave Maria Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be covering the March for Life again, of course, in January. And their emphasis is going to be on all the pro-life movement does for women and children, for the babies and the women and families. And that's why it's very timely to have Kevin Bagata on with us, President and CEO of Real Alternatives. So, Kevin, uh, first of all, give us an, an idea. I know you've been with us before, but what Real Alternatives is all about and what you've been doing in the good state of Pennsylvania for so long. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Teresa, thanks so much for having me, and happy Advent. Yes, you um, too. Well, you know, we started 28 years ago, first of its kind, to use government funding to provide the other choice to women, to provide life-affirming services from the moment of conception through 12 months after birth uh, so a woman didn't feel she had to have an abortion. Uh, it, it was it was the the you know the the ultimate uh, uh, common uh, uh, common cause between both groups. Right here, the pro life movement is reaching out with its uh, pregnancy centers, the Catholic charities, the maternity homes, and the adoption agencies, providing that comprehensive service. It was started by Governor uh, Robert Casey with a uh, very pro life uh, Republican House representative. Uh, Joe Pitts to get get resources out to these pregnancy centers so they can serve more women. And that's what we've been doing. And that's what has been so successful, successful over the years. We've served since then 350,000 women, not counting the babies, to provide that, that alternative to abortion, okay, to listen and meet her where she is. 55% of the women who come to us who say, I have to have an abortion, end up choosing life once they understand they're not alone. 91% of women who come pressured by others to have an abortion, so much for choice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up choosing life once they understand the wraparound services our 83 centers offer, the 350 counselors who are doing that work uh, for her, for that 21 months of, of wraparound service. And uh, it works. And it became such a great idea and such a wonderful success story. We've helped 15 other states start programs in their states. And uh, that's what citizens want to do. It's a people's program. We were using taxpayer funds to uh, provide a statewide solution not just funding the centers for the work they do, but a comprehensive program, including advertising. If a woman doesn't know there's an alternative to abortion service out there, it's just like not having it. So we have a robust advertising campaign. And of course, as you know, and your listeners know, that's so crucial now uh, with the RU486 abortion pill, where the abortion clinic is at the end of her driveway in her mailbox. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we need to get to that to that young woman real, so she realizes she's not alone. And that's what our program has done. Uh, 55% of abortions, by the way, in Pennsylvania are RU486 abortions. They, even, they never even get to the pregnancy center or the Catholic charities uh, uh, before they make their decision. So it's so crucial to have a comprehensive statewide approach when lowering abortion in your state. And what happens if you lose this funding, which is going well, away at the end of the month, right? Yeah. In fact, he, uh, Governor Shapiro 
six governors before him, Democrat, uh, pro-abort, uh, pro-abortion governors, uh, uh, Ed Rendell and, and, and uh, uh, Governor Wolf. In fact, Governor Wolf declared us an essential service during the pandemic. Uh, he comes, uh, Governor Shapiro comes in, and as uh, based on uh, uh, his conversations with Planned Parenthood, I think on the fourth day when he was in office, they called for us to be defunded. And, and, and Teresa, they've been calling us for us to be defunded for 28 years. Mm-hmm. But Shapiro decided to listen to him, and our contract expires uh, December 31st. And obviously, you know, we've got 350 counselors at 83 centers serving about 15,000 women a year. That takes funding. Our program had been funded at $7.3 million a year. So we had this very, like I said, comprehensive, robust, statewide approach to helping women so they didn't have to choose abortion. That goes away. Obviously, those resources are crucial. Uh, counselors will be let go. Centers will be closed. Programs will be shut down. And that's what we're trying to, to prevent. And and. But like I said, it's always been the people's program. And, and you know, uh, perhaps the good Lord has got a different plan for the program. The program's sound. It works. Uh, what's changing is the funding source. So as yeah. I had mentioned, we're starting this robust fundraising campaign. Uh, you know, 100,000 people donate $40 to Real Alternatives, and we're good for the next six months serving 7,000 women. The website, by the way, is realalternatives.org. And I always say, you know, we talk about, about giving to, to things that really matter. We encourage people, obviously, to give to Catholic Radio, EW10, and our affiliates because we help service organizations like yours by promoting them. But this would be a great gift to give someone if, you know, if they don't need any more stuff, which most of us don't need any more stuff. What a gift to donate to either a local pregnancy resource center or especially if you're in Pennsylvania to Real Alternatives, realalternatives.org. Only have about a minute left, and we'll have to have you back on toward the end of the month to find out how things are going. And again, realalternatives.org. But any any uh, thoughts before we let you go in terms of what else we can do? Obviously pray, but we need to be more aware of the type of work that you do. Yeah, so especially where the movement is now. I mean, uh, post-Dobbs, uh, uh, and we've always said this at Real Alternatives, you know, we can declare abortion illegal, and, and, and hopefully we someday that will fully happen in all 50 states. But, folks, un- unexpected pregnancies aren't going to go away. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't know if your listeners know, between 40 and 50 percent of all pregnancies in America are unexpected. So women are in that situation, will always be in that situation. And that's that's the kind of... of, of Action we take. You know, love is an action verb. Right. Love is an action verb. And we lower abortion one woman at a time. Yep. A real alternative. So. Well, you, you do that because you're meeting them, as you said, right where they're at. And it's so important. And I just wish more people would take the time to maybe visit a pregnancy resource center or to talk with folks like yourself who are involved. And again, that's why I'm so glad the theme for the March for Life next year is with every woman and for every child. Kevin, please keep in touch and let us know. Before the end of the month, how you're doing? We'd love to have you back on. Thank you for all you do. We the certainly website will, is... Teresa. Go ahead. Uh, Realalternatives.org. No, I, I was going to say yes. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas. And we'll be right back. Father John Mercado joins us on a number of things, including oh, the state of our world right now. Maybe making the most of Advent. Also, he is going to be talking about a beautiful retreat that he's running for us next summer. Stay tuned. 
He really needs no introduction. Such an amazing gift to us, not only the Archdiocese of Detroit, but the country. Uh, Father John Ricardo from the Archdiocese of Detroit, a beautiful ministry that he began a few years ago with the permission of our wonderful Archbishop Alan Vigneron. It's called Acts 29, and we'll let him explain. But in the meantime, Father also does retreats all over the country, all over Michigan. He works with many priests and dioceses, and he also does speaking really just to just lady, which is why we're bringing him on board to lead our retreat, the Grand Hotel Getaway, which is coming up next summer on beautiful Mackinac Island. You talk about seeing the glory of God. That's such a pretty place and so peaceful at the amazing Grand Hotel. It's July 22nd through the 24th, and we're so excited to have Father John with us. We'll have a live broadcast, God willing, of Catholic Connection, as we do every year. And this is selling very, very quickly, so I encourage you to check it out. You can go to the AveMariaRadio.net travel page, TeresaTomio.com, and we just lost Father John. He's in the car. We'll have to call him back. Uh, TeresaTomio.com, under my event section, then also we have it at CTSCentral.net. So again, we're going to reconnect with Father John Ricardo, who is someone, again, who does a lot of retreats and speaks to, I think, directly to the heart because he's so very, very down to earth, which is why we love having him on the radio as well as hearing him speak in person. Father, great to talk with you. Happy Advent. Hey, happy Advent to you, Keith. Thank you. All right, so you are are going to be our wonderful uh, spiritual director for the retreat next summer. Let's talk to you. Have your message yet. I know it's several months away, but what's on your heart right now, given the way the world is and what we're seeing out there? Yeah, I don't. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about when we're there, just because uh, you know I, I say over and over again, I don't want to give talks. I want to give a word. You know, right. I want to be very attentive to what the Lord's trying to say. That said, the word right now for me, I've, I've been um, I'm burying myself in uh, this fantastic new book by N.T. Wright called Into the Heart of Romans, which is this long, not long actually, it's a short reflection on chapter eight in Romans. And one of the things that he talks about there, which is so apropos to this time, is how we are called to be what I would call hopeful lamenters. In other mm. words, um, just like creation is groaning, Paul talks about in Romans 8, so we're groaning. And we're supposed to be groaning right now. As we look at everything that's happening, in the, whether it's the Middle East or our own country or the Church, our families, my life... Like, I'm wailing, you know, and we're supposed to be, you know, we're not, we're not supposed to be living with this, well, it's all just going to work out lovely, so who cares? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to impact us, and yet at the same time, we're supposed to lament with great hope, because Jesus is Lord, which means nobody else is, and He has defeated sin, and He has defeated death, and he has defeated Satan. He hasn't just he hasn't destroyed him yet, but he will one day. So that's that's something I just I find myself going back to over and over again. It helps me make sense out of how to live right now, both hurting, but hurting hopefully. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. No, it does. And I think there's always such a great balance. And what I love so much about the church. And by the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Father John Ricardo is it, it's all about balance with the Church. The Church doesn't say, okay, don't worry about the issues. We have to be the Lord's hands and feet, as my favorite Saint Teresa of Avila always said. But at the same time, if we're Christian, we have to be hopeful. And then this whole idea of being joyful at the same time. Why do we find that so difficult, do you think? Oh, gosh, lots of ways. Uh, but it may be because we mistake joy for happiness. You know, joy's, joy's not, happiness is, a, is an emotion, 
joy is something much deeper than that. You know, um, Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before the Lord, he embraced the cross. Oh, that couldn't have been all that happy, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, it's more this uh, abiding attitude that, that can only come from knowing who God is and the, and the fact that he has the world in his hands, which doesn't mean, you know, we're supposed to be passive, but it means just relax, you know, like breathe. <laughs> just breathe. Be still and know that I am God. Go about your work. Do everything we can both to evangelize and to do what we can to recreate this world, which the Lord loves, and be confident that the Lord's going to come back and he's going to put it all together. He's going to make all things new. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite verses in the book of Revelation and in the Gospels and, and the whole Bible, as a matter of fact, that in John fifteen five, We're talking with Father John Ricardo from the Archdiocese of Detroit from Acts 29 and also from Ave Maria Radio and EW Chan. He's going to be our spiritual director for this beautiful Grand Hotel getaway on Mackinac Island in northern lower Michigan, July 22nd through the 24th. The link is on my events section of com. It's already filling up. It includes two nights at the Grand Hotel. Beautiful location, and of course, dealing mass with Father John. Also, Father Josh Johnson is going to be there, and Kimberly and Scott Hahn. Are you kidding me? Yes. No, I'm not kidding you. This is it. So check it out. You can go to ctscentral.net as well. So, Father, the importance of doing something like this, whether you're by yourself or with the family, it can't stress enough because, first of all, the location, you about you and I are Michiganders, so, so we've been there to Mackinac, and we appreciate the beauty. It's kind of hard to explain to people if they've ever been there. Oh, gosh, yeah. If you're, if you're from out of state and you don't know what this little, you know, oddly pronounced uh, island is like, uh, you just have to come. <laughs> Plus, everything John Hale and Corporate Travel does is just class, first pure class. class. So it's yep. mm-hmm. it's going to be an extraordinary time. And like you mentioned with uh, Father Josh there and, and Scott and Kimberly, the you know, we always call it going up north. Nobody knows what we mean by that. But the Great Lakes are just that. They're Great Lakes. And you, if you could smell salt, you would think you're at the ocean. Mm-hmm. There's just a purity to uh, the air that's up there. You are away from everything. It's a, it's a spectacular environment. And it will be with great people, which I think is, you know, increasingly important right now. Just to, not so that we'll build a... Um, you know, stay in like a holy huddle, but to to be re-energized by people who are living hopefully in these days, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and to be inspired to go and do the same so as to engage in this mission which Jesus has uniquely given to us who are living it these days. I've never been to up north Michigan. You've got to come. There's nothing like it. Yeah, the you, colors. Like, the a, colors, the flowers. Yeah. Oh, the, absolutely. And I get to the water and my shoulders just drop. I mm-hmm. just, I just start to, to breathe in a completely new way and to rest. So m- most of us need that. I would say, and too, I, I think it's it's super important because if we read the scripture, hopefully we're, we're we're in scripture as much as possible. We see how Jesus went away and Jesus prayed. So aren't we supposed to be more like God every day? Isn't that our goal to get closer to Him and to emulate Him and the examples He gave us? And and He would go away to pray. And this is what this gives you the opportunity to do in such a beautiful location. And boy, can you see the glory of God up in that area, right? Oh yeah, and you know the Lord is teaching us. You know, in those times when he retreats, I think he's he's teaching us so many things. You know, one, the importance of prayer, as you say, 
And two, he's just trying to teach us how to be human. And right. my goodness, do we have a desperate need to learn how to be authentically human right now, how to, how to just get away, how to enjoy friendship, how to eat, how to relax, you know, how to engage in fellowship. We, I know, I'm constantly asking the Lord, Lord, I don't, I don't know how to, what it means to be a man. Teach me. Mm. More with Father John Ricardo. When we come back again, he's going to be our spiritual director. He'll be celebrating Mass for us and speaking along with Father Josh Johnson, who is another amazing priest, and Kimberly and Scott Hahn. Yes, all in two days, folks. So that's why this is going to sell like hotcakes, as we say. ctscentral.net or go to my page at teresatomio.com in the event section and also on avemariaradio.net's travel page. Or just email me. I'll give you all the details. We'll be right back. More with Father John. Yeah, the Pope yesterday at the Angelus was talking about the importance of silence. And also, he's been reminding us with the unveiling of the beautiful nativity scene last night at the Vatican, which is very similar to Greccio with the reason behind that, because, of course, 800 years ago, we had the amazing St. Francis developing the very first live nativity scene in Greccio, which is in northern Lazio, about an hour and a half south of Assisi, an amazing place. You talk about silence and peace and reflection. And, and Father, I think one of the things that I know that you are very, you just mentioned this earlier, teaching people how to live. Years ago, you did a pilgrimage and took a group to Italy just so they could see just just how to live and, and how to be with each other and how to be together. And, and what I, one of the reasons I love Italy so much is because people still take that time together around the dinner table, around pranzo, around lunch. They take that very seriously and, and nothing interrupts that time and they could be sitting there for hours and still in America, we are getting more and more away from that, which is I think part of the reason why we're so distracted and, and we get you know caught up in things because we don't take the time to just sit and be. Uh, appunto, as they say in Italian, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I go back more and more to just the line in the Great Commission when Jesus says to the, to the disciples, you know, baptize them, teaching them everything I have commanded you. That's a lot. You know, I think sometimes we we limit the message of the gospel to um, to, to something that's too narrow. You know, like the Lord the Lord's not just teaching us, you know, like say quote unquote how to get to heaven mm-hmm. or how to be holy. He's teaching us those things to be sure, but he's, he's trying to teach us, and he wants us as his disciples to go out and teach others and to model for others what recreated humanity looks like. And, and I'm still very much a work in progress, goodness knows. But that's our, you know, I'm supposed to be, this is the language of a, of a scholar I love so much, I'm supposed to be both a, a working model of that and then an instrument to help bring it about. And so this excursion to Mackinac is an opportunity to do that, but we've got to be—we've got to make more time. I think in what we're doing every day, whether it's in family life, parish life, work life, to to ask the Lord, Lord, is this really human? Mm-hmm. Like, is there a better way to be doing this? Because um, I think most of us, at the end of the day, are just exhausted, right. and I don't think—I don't think Jesus was ever exhausted like that. I mean, he was—he was tired, but he wasn't. He wasn't exhausted from the, the frustrating work that oftentimes we experience, I think, going through life. 
Well, I don't know if you ever. I don't know if you've ever heard about this, but over in Europe, and it started in Italy, and it's mainly in Italy, but it's called the Big Bench Project. Have you heard about it? No. It's a man from Ohio. He and his wife, he's a designer. He and his wife moved to Piedmonte in northern Italy, and he fell in love with the area and the beauty that he designed a big bench. And the whole purpose of the big bench is to help people slow down and enjoy the scenery in Italy and the countryside. And so what he does is to hit, there's, now there's a whole organization called the Big Bench Project. I'm working on an article for it because I'm just so fascinated by it. And you and I both know that when you go to Italy, obviously, St. Peter's amazing. The other major basilicas, the David, the, you know, the Pieta, the Colosseum, on and on and on, the Pantheon. But how many people take time just to sit and to be? And the whole idea is he shares the actual plans, but they have to agree to certain things. It has to be in a public place where anybody can enjoy it. It has to be in a beautiful place where people are forced to climb up onto this bench. And the whole idea, Father, is to feel like a child again and to take in the beauty around you. And I'm thinking, you know, everything in Italy is so gorgeous, right? Especially these beautiful monuments and the architecture and and the churches and, and the Eucharistic miracles. But in addition to to climb up on one of these big benches, you feel like a little kid. And that's the whole point, is to be a child again. And and what does Jesus tell us? You have to be like children, right? Oh, yeah, I love that. i got to go run to find out about this. And and what do children have? Children have trust. Mm -hmm. I I, I think that's at the heart of what it means to be a child. Like, it's all your... You know, a dad throws his kid up in the air, and the kid kind of shrieks in glee. You know, children have trust. You're born with trust. We lose it quickly. But we're born with trust, and I think that's such an essential part of what Jesus is trying to teach us, which is, again, so timely for this day that we're living in right now and why things like the Big Bench Project or getting away are so important. You look at God's handiwork, and you go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think he probably knows what he's doing. <laughs> I don't understand what he's doing, but I can trust him. And so I'll put my life and this world and my family and whoever into his hands, and I'll just go about my day with this childlike confidence. Yeah. My daddy knows what he's doing. Yep. And Father John will be talking more on this at the beautiful Grand Hotel Getaway on Mackinac Island in northern lower Michigan. Up north, as Father said, that's what we call it here in the Great Lakes State, July 22nd through the 24th. You can go to a number of different resources. You can go to ctscentral.net, the Ave Maria Radio.net travel page. It's also on my event section on teresatomio.com. And, you know, I mean, and you, you're a very busy priest. You're, you're working with other priests with your beautiful Acts 29 ministry. I know that you've told me before, Father, that one of the things you're seeing in, in so many priests is that they're just so, they're exhausted. They're worn out. They're, they feel like they're just zapped, right? Yeah, I'm always trying to be careful how I say it, because I don't want to, you know, the first thing is the front lines of the battle is marriage and family, right? Right. clearly. But everybody knows that. And so we're always trying to share with people what we're hearing from many of our brothers. And to be sure, lots of guys are are doing great. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole set of other guys who are deeply in love with Jesus and who love the Church and who love their people, and they're not doing great. Something was just, for a lot of reasons, um, some of it's structural and some of it's different. But, yeah, long way of saying, of asking people, Please pray like crazy for, you know, your pastor, your associate, um, and do everything you can to, to, you know, even just invite them over to your house 
especially in these days coming up for Christmas, I always say to people, we know who to say no to. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. At least give us a chance. You know, so reach out because there's, there's a massive crisis of friendship in general in our culture. And I think there's a, a pretty profound crisis of friendship in the priesthood. Yep. And we, ought, we assume, I think, incorrectly sometimes that, oh, father must have, or a pastor or associate pastor, they're just probably swamped with invitations. And, and so we automatically assume that they're fine and they're busy, but a lot of times that's not true. Yeah, and again, that's why I say, make the invitation. We'll, we'll tell you if we want to come over or not. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dom and I are taking one of our, our local pastors out tomorrow. He used to be at our parish, and, and we just wanted to touch base because he's having a little bit of a, a rough time, although it's it's improving, but really looking forward just to letting him just be with us and, and buy him a really nice meal. We're talking with Father John Ricardo about many things. We brought him on this morning primarily because he's going to be our spiritual director on this beautiful event. It's a Grand Hotel getaway that comes up every summer. This time it's in the height of summer, July 22nd. Gorgeous weather up on Mackinac Island. Again, we'll have the details on the Catholic Connection Archive, and it's on various websites, and I'll wrap that up before the end of the day. But, Father, I did want to give you a little bit of time because what you're doing with Acts 29 is so extraordinary and so unique. So give us a little bit. We have about um, six minutes left. Give us a little bit of an idea on where this idea for... Acts 29 came from and what you've been doing the last few years. Yeah, truly, really, I think it, it, it came from Archbishop Vigneron's inspiration here in the Archdiocese of Detroit when he led this synod on the new evangelization, it's called Synod 16, and he, he used that phrase, it, he's not the first one to use it, but the, the idea behind Acts 29, because there is no 29th chapter of Acts, is that we're living it right now. So the Spirit is writing in your life and in mine the next chapter of the Church. And that's really what we feel like the Lord's, you know, called us to do in a particular way is to—we're we're a small team. We're eight missionaries. I'm the only priest, and we're all just missionaries. That's how we mm-hmm. refer to ourselves. And we think the Lord has given us something uh, to help bring about transformation for the era that we're living in right now. Because I'm, I'm 58. I was trained for a different time. And— the priests in my era, we were trained for a different time. We were trained for, for more or less Christendom. Christendom is, um, is a, a culture which, even if it didn't know it, it was most profoundly shaped by a Christian worldview. That's over. And if it's not totally over, it's about to be over soon. I mean, just read the news and look at the entertainment, and look at education and all sorts of other things. Um, so we're in a, a different era right now where the, the worldview around us is either ignorant or hostile to the gospel, and it explains a lot of things, and it, it means mm-hmm. that we need to find new strategies, new tactics, new ways of doing uh, the work of evangelization and recreation which Jesus has entrusted to us. And we, we shouldn't panic about this. Like, I love living at this time. But we, we do need to recognize that I think Pope Francis is the one who said it. This isn't so much an era of change, it's a change of eras. Mm. And I think it explains why oftentimes, you know, we, we read the news or we see what's happening, and some people get frustrated, and they go, oh, like, what's happened? Let's go back in time. We can't go back in time. God didn't want us to live at another time. He wanted us to live now. Right. So, confident in Jesus' Lordship, confident in the power of the Holy Spirit, trying to ask the Spirit to give us the attitude that he gave us to the, you know, to the apostles, who were not afraid and were not anxious, and who, oh, by the way, 
were used by God to make the quote-unquote old evangelization work, let's go about the work that God has given to us. And so we're trying to equip both bishops, priests, deacons, lay leaders, people in the Church for the era that we're living in. And uh, you can find out a lot more about that on our website, which is uh, acts29.org, A-C-T-S-X-X-I-X.org. But one of the things that's really, if, if I can... I just sure. want to scare people, too, if they haven't heard about it, is the Rescue Project. So mm, I was just going to say that, the Rescue Project, era, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of this era that we're living in is we, we desperately need to reacquire a biblical worldview. And, and that's us in the Church, too. You know, most of us, as Frank Sheed said, we have mostly worldly minds with small little Catholic patches. So we've got to get clear again on who's God, why do you make the world, who's the enemy, who the enemy is not. Who's Jesus? What's he done? What's he called us to do? And that led us to create this, uh, this video experience called The Rescue Project, which is available entirely for free. All yep. we do is for free in our mission. It is so effective. Our parish, you, yeah, you were, at, you were at the rescueproject.us, by the way. Again, rescueproject.us. You were at our parish, and you wrapped up. Uh, we used the video series, and you wrapped up with a surprise and came by. <laughs> I thought our, our parish was going to—they were, they were you know, over the moon when you came. But it's so effective in terms of changing people's lives and giving them a different perspective. So this is a great thing to do at your parish. Maybe do it as a Lenten retreat. Again, you can go to rescueproject.us. And, yeah, I think it's great. The book is great that you have rescued. It's, it's just phenomenal. It's, I think it's, it's so real. But I think anyone can benefit from it, wherever they are. Our father in their faith journey. Yeah, it's we 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 would say it's for everybody. You yeah. know, it it gets it's uh, it's maybe junior high and up because we go pretty hard after the enemy because that's a pretty significant part of the good news. That's why the good news is so good. But it's for people in the pews. It's for the fallen aways. It's for the nuns. We just came back from doing it on a couple of college campuses. We have eighteen revivals pending right now around wow. the country and the world where we're going to go out and, and basically preach it in a day. We just did it in Atlanta. Uh, we did it in Columbus last year. We're about to go to Vancouver. And we have 18 other cities that we're planning to go to to do, like, a, a Catholic revival, where we just preach more or less the content of the Rescue Project in a day with worship and small groups and food. And it's, it's just extraordinary to see people encounter the Lord have a chance to surrender, we do a Eucharistic procession in it, and then get mobilized for mission, because the, the Church has got to go on missions, and the mission's bigger than just growing in holiness. Right. Well, and then we have the Eucharistic Congress coming up in 2024, so this is perfect in terms of leading into that. Again, the rescueproject.us, the rescueproject.us, and then overall Acts 29, which is actsromanumeral.org. And then, of course, Father is going to be our spiritual director for the beautiful Grand Hotel Getaway on Mackinac Island in July. We'll have all the links at Catholic Connection in our archive section. Father, I know how busy you are, and right now you're on the way to a funeral to a mutual friend of ours, a wonderful man who was very supportive of you as well, our good friend Stan. So we pray for him, and, of course, we pray for Dory as well. Father, thank you so much, and hang on one second. But again, check out the Rescue Project rescueproject.us and also Acts 29 and our Grand Hotel Getaway featuring Father John, Father Josh and yes, the Hans wow, what a getaway we'll be right back
Well, this hour went by fast. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection on a Monday morning, December 11th. And don't forget to check out those articles I mentioned on Catholic News Agency regarding uh, the Vatican display, the Nativity display, and also learning more about reflecting on the Nativity. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Tuesday. Adamani. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.